Welcome to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. One of the most common misconceptions in the world of location intelligence and geographic information systems is that you need to be an expert to use the tools of the trade. But as technology advances and new integrations are made into existing geospatial tools, it's becoming easier for non-geospatial people to leverage the benefits of location intelligence in their day-to-day business operations. My name's Sarah Butler, and you're listening to Location Matters. Today, we're lucky to be joined by Florence Broderick, better known as Flo, who is the Vice President of Marketing at Cardo, and Dion Fleming, Senior Account Manager and Lively's Cardo Team Lead here in the APAC region. Flo's joining us from London today, which is the afternoon here in Australia, morning in London. Thank you both so much for your time today, and Flo, thank you so much for making the effort to join us from the other side of the world. Pleasure. Good morning. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. So for our listeners' background and context, um, I just wanted to explain a little bit about the Lively and Cardo teams and how they've been working together. Lively is a Cardo partner in the Asia-Pacific region, and Cardo is in our industry really leading the way as a self-contained mapping platform, which enables users to analyze location data and share insights via interactive and visually stunning applications. So first of all, I want to throw a question to the both of you. You've been working together for a while now, but how did the partnership between Lively and Cardo form and how has that developed over the years, Dion? Yeah, so the partnership actually began quite a few years ago. I think it was back in 2015 under the NGIS brand, which I suppose preceded uh, Lively. And yeah, so when we first began, the, the reason for the relationship uh, or the partnership beginning was actually a little thing called the Google Maps engine, which was deprecated by Google in 2015. And at that point, we sort of felt like the, the, the web mapping uh, universe was imploding um, and yeah, people were freaking out. So we sort of were looking for alternative solutions to provide to a lot of our clients who were using the Google Maps engine. And yeah, along came Cardo, which was back then Cardo DB. And it was a, yeah, a bit of a shining light for us. And we, yeah, we used it on a whole number of solutions as a replacement to the Google Maps engine. And really at that point, we just found it was a great product. Um, it really fit the bill of what we required at that point. And from there, it's really grown, of course, over, over many years. And we've sort of grown, grown with them, which has been really good. Um, and watching the product grow has been really yeah, fascinating for me um, personally. So, yeah, over the years, we work with many different team members across the Cardo, um, the Cardo universe from Madrid, London, New York. And we've, we've done some really great projects with them as well. And we also went over to the Cardo Locations Conference last year in Madrid, um, which was really great getting to, getting to know their team or getting our two teams aligned and that sort of thing. And yeah, then, then this year, as we'll detail and discuss a bit later, we've, we've signed the Master Reseller Agreement. And yeah, so yeah, it's very exciting times. And so Flo, I know, and we'll, like Dion mentioned, we're going to talk about a few things on today's episode, but you guys have been pretty busy over at Cardo. You've, you've had some big events taking place. It must be really great for you to see how things are developing with the product and, and the brand in general. Yeah, absolutely. It has been a busy time of year. It always is with all the events that tend to happen post-summer. But there's lots of progress happening in terms of the products, as Dion mentioned. Some exciting stuff that I think we're going to talk about today with our collaboration with Google, BigQuery, 
it's exciting times and having just done the spatial data science conference uh, in new york we're, we're already thinking about how you grow on that next year continue to bring spatial data science and gis communities together and it's great that we have a partner like lively and australia who know the market understand apac because at the end of the day uh, for us being based in europe and north america we know those markets pretty well. We've got a lot of people in those markets, but nothing replaces actually knowing the local market, the different data sets that customers use, how different use cases and industries are different. And Lively has been a great partner for us so far doing that and helping us to understand your market. Great. So um, first of all, I mentioned just before that we're sort of seeing um, a trend now where we're seeing people use location intelligence who probably typically wouldn't consider themselves able to use location intelligence or what we would you know, refer to as a traditional GIS. Flo, what is it about Cardo that makes it easy for people across many teams and organisations to use it? And how important has that level of ease for users been when it comes to the development of the product? Yes, you know, one of the main reasons that Carter was originally built by our founders, Javier and Sergio, is that they were very frustrated with existing tools in the market. Javier was an environmental scientist, and it was just so difficult to analyze the amount of geospatial data that he wanted to analyze as part of his research. And so Carter TV, as uh, Dion mentioned before, our old brand name, was born. Um, uh, and the thing about uh, the GIS space is that if you haven't had an education in GIS at university and you haven't grown up using it, it can be pretty tricky to use. So really the vision originally was to democratize that and, and have something that was better built for the modern web developer, data scientists, all these different new types of user who, because of the amount of location data that's being generated now by smartphones, IoT sensors, etc., so it would just become easier for them. So we've moved away from like having more complex and confusing architectures for GIS solutions and moving towards like a user-friendly API platform that has analysis available out of the box. Uh, and also, I think like pricing is a big thing. Some of the traditional solutions out there uh, don't have particularly transparent pricing models. And so something that we wanted to do with Carter as well is make it easy and transparent, engage the open source community, and be very, very clear that there are variable costs and hidden fees for using, for using our product. And of course, the biggest thing, and I think you touched on it, Sarah, was the UX. Like at the end of the day, if you want different types of people to use location intelligence, then the UX needs to be tailored to the needs of a business user. Because it's all very well if a, a BI department, a data science or a GIS department start doing geospatial analysis and using spatial models. But if the person who leads site planning or the person who leads sales or operations can't use a final solution, then it's probably not going to be that useful to the business. And so that's always really been at the core of what we do. And it, at the end of the day, it's what provides a return on investment for the kinds of businesses investing in these kinds of solutions, whether that's retail, real estate, utilities, whatever it might be. Yeah, I want to talk to you as well, Dion, a little bit about that in a second. But I'm sure that you've worked on some pretty cool stuff at Cardo. You've now got your offices, as Dion mentioned, Madrid and the UK and also North America. What have been some of the highlights for you or the most exciting projects that you've seen, Flo? Well, it's really interesting. We always, especially because I work in marketing at Cardo, we're always looking at what are the use cases coming through the funnel every month. And, you know, some of the more traditional geospatial use cases crop up all the time. So site planning, territory management, investment analysis. But now we're starting to see loads more use cases cropping up or variations of those same use cases. So, for example, we worked with a, a very large logistics company who were looking uh, at uh, basically doing a type of Amazon lockers, for example. 
they were looking at turning a very specific type of real estate in Amazon lockers. And so they needed to understand not only where should they put those lockers, it wasn't Amazon, by the way, like I'm saying like similar to Amazon lockers. Where are, where do people live who would be likely to pick up from a locker, who have a high propensity to use e-commerce, and that aren't served well by an existing network of shops, where would you go and pick up a parcel? So, you know, but as business models change, geospatial use cases change as well. And another one that's cropped up and is a really high growth industry in North America, and which the Europe team, we don't expect to, uh, to be in a use case anytime soon, is around the cannabis industry, for example. So, highly regulated industry in North America, uh, a load of supply chain needs, uh, also understanding where would there be a high propensity to buy CBD products. And so there's a whole kind of geomarketing use case there, which is going pretty fast. But that, that's it in terms of like unusual use cases. But, you know, some of the bigger, more exciting projects I've been involved on, they've probably been uh, Vodafone Analytics. So uh, an increasing number of telcos now want to monetize all of the mobile event data being created on the networks. At the end of the day, a telco normally has about 30% market share. So they have a really fantastic understanding of how populations are moving and the kinds of behaviors they have, which can be, with all of that mobile event data, that can be turned into insights for the tourism industry or for retailers, uh, for cities and government who want to understand the effect of certain types of festivals in a city. And so we've worked very closely with Vodafone to build a solution that they can sell to their B2B customers. Of course, everything anonymized and aggregated so that it's all GDPR compliant, etc. But that's a really, really cool solution. And then the, the final one I mentioned would be MasterCard. So MasterCard uh, built a, a solution on top of Carto, which is called MasterCard Retail Location Insights. And you know, similarly to Vodafone, rather than looking at mobile event data, they're looking at their transaction data, and they are providing indices or, um, on different types of uh, spending behaviors. So whether that's transaction growth in an area, whether that's transaction ticket size, or the volume of transactions, like bringing all of that information together so that it can bring value to the retail companies, real estate, you know, co-working spaces, again, cities and governments. Um, and that, that's a project we roll out in the UK, US, uh, Australia, and there's aggressive growth plans for that as well. So yeah, I mean, really exciting projects that bring a lot of value to different businesses around the world. I completely wasn't expecting you to to mention that that use case about the cannabis industry, and it just kind of struck me because I think that there are a lot of people um, and organisations in particular out there who are needing location intelligence and GIS, and I guess we don't really realise how many industries it actually extends into, and that was a really interesting perspective that you just provided there on that. And I'm sure that, you know, in Australia and New Zealand, it's there's a similar thing going on. Dion, I'm sure that you've met organisations that have lots of location data to hand, but aren't quite sure what to do with it or how to work with it. How would you approach that kind of scenario for people who maybe aren't used to the world of GIS and location intelligence? Yeah, I mean, in that scenario, it's actually really the ideal scenario for us when they've got a lot of location data, That because generally that's the first hurdle that we have to pass with a customer is understanding what data they have, what format it's in, can we get it in a location format, that sort of thing. Um, that's obviously crucial to begin a project. So yeah, in, in this scenario, if they've already got location data, then yeah, we're well on the way. And I mean, we find a lot of the time with customers, they don't realise just how much location data they have. There's many businesses out there that are collecting it without really realising the value of it. And so that's where Cardo really comes into play. 
in a scenario like this where, yeah, a company's got a lot of location data and they're looking for advice on sort of how to, I suppose, make use of it, gain insight from it and that sort of thing. Generally, we'd just begin by exploring the data, so looking into what it relates to, um, what format it's in, the time period of it and that sort of thing. And then there may be some cleanup required or some ETL processing to get it into a format that we can then analyse. And then from there, we start to look at what sort of insights, what business insights can we draw from that. And then from the insights come actionable items. And we really want to share those insights. And that's that's really where Cardo comes in. So in the analysis and, and the visualisation phase, Cardo's really strong in that space. A lot of the time with our clients, that's really where we begin to use the Cardo product. I mean, yeah, one example of this is with the AFL, so the Australian Football League. So they, they actually had their own data, a lot of information around players and facilities all, all across the country. And then what we did is we supplemented that data. So they had a lot of it already, but we actually supplemented it with some census information, so things around demographics across the country. And from there, they, they were able to gain some business insights as to where their market potential was and reasons for, I suppose, driving factors behind um, you know, why they'd penetrated in some markets and others maybe not so much. Obviously, as you know, Australia is sort of split between different sporting codes around different states. So it was really interesting for them to look into that and perhaps yeah, get some really good insights out of that. And I mean, the good thing in that case using Cardo was that, yeah, the team we were working with, it wasn't the GIS team. They needed a low entry point. We didn't want to go overly complex or overly technical. And so Cardo was perfect because it's under the hood, it's got a lot of power. But then on the uh, the front end, on the user interface is very simple. And they hand out that application or they give access to a lot of different uh, managers and, and yeah, regional coordinators all across Australia. And some of them have very low GIS background and they're all really comfortable using it. And I suppose that speaks volumes about Cardo and, and its its usability. Yeah, Dion, I think you make a really good point there that you know there's lots of organizations out there that actually don't even have GIS departments. You can see an increasing number of organizations do want to grow up those capabilities within their organization. But also people who actually understand spatial analysis, there's not that many of them in the market. And you know, we already like read all the time oh, it's not enough data scientists. I think there's like for every four vacancies there's only one data scientist available. But that number is reduces even more if you're looking for a data scientist with expertise in spatial. And you know, I think the case of AFL is less a data science problem, more of a like, access to data, and it's, it's a great analysis and it's valuable to the organisation. But when you come to a much more complex spatial analysis, finding people to do that is tough. And so having partners like Lively who have got those skills in house, so that an organisation can speed up their time to spatial insights, is really really, really powerful. And that's why you know, we've been. We've been growing our team a lot around the analysis side of things at Carto and, and hiring more data science capability because there's more and more complex spatial questions to answer out there. And speaking of spatial data science, you guys have just recently held your spatial data science conference in New York last week. That was at Columbia University. It looked like it was a massive success. I've just been looking at some of the the photos online and some of the coverage around that. Massive, massive congratulations to your team. I'm sure that they worked really, really hard on that. Yeah, I mean, we were actually quite surprised at just how popular it became. This is something actually that started just from our data science team. And like the first year it was 70 people, the second year it was 150. And so for us to have 600 people sign up for this in New York was a wonderful shock. So we brought together um, people who have a spatial science background from companies like Uber, WeWork, MIT, Facebook, Airbnb, uh, Instacart. So it was really a great cross-section of industries that came together. 
and also what was interesting about it is that it felt it was probably about 60% private sector, um, 20 or 30% public sector, and then the rest were from academia. And I think that's something that's so important in our space, and I'm sure you guys see this in the Australian market too, that, that it's something that brings together the three three kind of pillars of, of the industry. And, and we were so happy to see you going from Columbia University, from the University of Liverpool, UCL in London, like all of the universities that are reputed for social science were there. It was hugely exciting. Yeah, it looked amazing. And yeah, 600 people is a huge accomplishment. So well done to you guys. When you guys were putting together the program for the conference, what were some of the key topics that you wanted to have open discussion about while you were there? Yeah, so um, we wanted this to be a very technical conference. We didn't want this to focus on the business side so much. And so topics that we covered, so for example, Nero Chatterjee, who joined us from Instacart, was talking about territory management. So Instacart, I'm not sure if you guys know them in, in Australia, but the alternative here in the UK would be Ocado. What would be the alternative in Australia? Uh, Ocado, I, I say this because I know what Ocado is because I lived in the UK, um, but I guess the... Uh, Ocado Dion is like um, looking very it's like, an, it's like an online. How would you describe it, Flo? It's like an online shop. Um, oh, deliveries. Right. Sort of yeah, Hello deliveries. Fresh. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. But the UK also has yep. HelloFresh. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, basically they were talking about how how they manage their territories and deliveries to be, be optimal and how they balance that so they meet the kind of very high customer service expectations that they have. So that was one example of something we covered. We also, the guy from Airbnb, Jack Lynch, he was talking about regulatory affairs and how they look at those those problems geospatially. Uh, we also looked at satellite imagery with Daniel from Facebook. We also had oh, two or three presentations actually on vehicle routing problems. So one was related to like sales salespeople out on the road and how you manage sales territories and make sure that people have maximum amount of visits to customers per day. That was the Salesforce Maps team. There was also one fantastic. It was the most popular presentation, actually, the Data Science for Social Good one, which was about how you could use geospatial to improve sanitation, uh, hygiene and sanitation in Haiti. Um, that was from DataKind. And then the third vehicle routing correlation one was from another partner of ours called Xavier, and they were talking about how they've optimized bus routes for children in Philadelphia. So, you know, hugely interesting range of use cases. Oh, there was another great one as well about how you can use spatial analysis to understand the spread of infectious diseases. So, I mean, a hugely wide range of presentations and 50% of the audience were data scientists or from advanced analytics backgrounds, CEOs of cool startups that are in the space and, and of course, academia. So it was a great mix. We're buzzing from it. That's awesome. We personally thought one of the coolest announcements to come out of your conference was that Cardo have launched the Data Observatory 2.0. What is the Data Observatory for those who might not know about it? Yeah, so the Data Observatory is a repository of spatial data. Um, so I think anybody that works in the industry knows that if you need to bring together multiple streams of data, it's extremely time consuming, you know, between gathering, cleaning, feature preparation, talking to the vendors, finding it online, putting it on the same spatial aggregations. It's really time consuming. So that means that people are spending actually less time on analysis and modeling and more time on the gathering part. And so Data Observatory aims to resolve that problem. And we want to make sure that data scientists are more efficient with their time and can create, spend more time on analysis, basically. 
And so we are bringing together lots of different data streams. So human mobility or foot traffic, weather, financial transactions from partners like MasterCard, also, you know, open data as well, demographics, etc. So that these can all be on the same spatial aggregation, they can be easy to use, and data scientists can start using them in their models faster. So, so yeah, so it's a really exciting step. I mean, the data observatory has existed for a long time, but it really just focused on open data before. But companies want to become more competitive with all of these new data streams, like transactional data that are available, and the goal of this is to make that easier. Awesome. And what are some of the big changes we'll see in version 2.0? I did see a little sneak peek of some news about Google Cloud Platform. Yeah, absolutely. Javier, our founder and strategy officer, announced our collaboration with Google Cloud and BigQuery. And essentially, we decided to build the Data Observatory 2.0 on Google Cloud and BigQuery for several reasons. So first of all, it's we, we do believe that this is the next generation spatial data infrastructure. Like the scalability uh, that we get from BigQuery is awesome. And also the kind of geo support that they already have. So BigQuery already has some pretty good support for geospatial functions. So by integrating with Carto and making public data sets available between the two, it's going to be really, really helpful, particularly to customers who are already using Google Cloud. And you know, there's an increasing amount of customers. I think you guys are a Google Cloud partner as well. So you'll know that it's it's very cost effective, it's very scalable, and by collaborating around public data in the beginning, so we're starting with public data sets, but you know, and if you actually go on our blog, you'll be able to see which public data sets are available. We've started in the US with the Census Bureau American Community Survey, but there are plans to bring a lot more data sets uh, very soon, such as coastlines, economic data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, and I have no doubt that this is something that will be growing to the Australian market at some point too. But yeah, if you want to read more information about the integration, have a look at some example queries. They're, they're all available on the Carto blog. Yeah, and we'll be able to link those through to some of our listeners today on our NGIS podcast page. But Dion, it must be pretty cool for you to see uh, two lively technology partners joining forces there. Flo mentioned that it will eventually be able to benefit the APAC region a little more. But what are some of the benefits that you foresee there? Yeah, uh, just going back to what you mentioned first, it was it was really exciting uh, when we heard the news that Carter was going to be using uh, the Google Cloud platform. It was yeah, it seemed like a, a great match for Lively. They're two of our our key technology partners, and I mean, yeah, from our perspective, working closely with the Google team, I'm sure it wasn't a, a difficult choice for Carter. Um, like Flo mentioned, very cost effective, um, yeah, highly scalable, those sorts of things. And yeah, we know that Google have a really strong offering with the cloud platform. So it made sense from our perspective, that's for sure. And I mean, yes, in terms of some of the benefits for, for customers and that sort of thing, people that are already making use of Cardo and, and the Google cloud platform, I suppose just like Flo touched on, it really means in the future when it comes to Australia, a universally accessible source of spatial data. So there's yeah, no more making copies or duplicating things or having to download things to your, your local drive or to your server. You can simply point to it and make use of it. It makes collaboration really easy and yeah, removes a lot of the, those mundane tasks around finding data, processing it, that sort of thing. It's, it's just there ready to use. So that, that'll be really exciting. And of course, Cardo is a perfect platform to make use of it in. Things like Cardo Frames, I've already seen some great examples of, of the, the data that's sitting within um, the public data sets initiative, but making use of that within Cardo Frames, querying it, and yeah, playing around with visualizations and that sort of thing. Um, so there's already some really cool things going on. So yeah, it's very exciting times for, for us. Yeah. 
And just touching on something we mentioned back at the start of the episode, Dion, is that Lively recently signed a master reseller agreement with Cardo for the Asia-Pacific region. What will that mean for your current and future projects here? Yeah, so it is really exciting news, the master reseller agreement. Really what it means for projects and for customers in the region is that there'll be a local support team on the ground. So we're here, we can come out and help you with any sort of projects you're working on, um, any problems you're having. So we've got the team, the Lively team split across Sydney and Perth. So we cover most of the continent there. And yeah, it just means greater presence in the region. So we'll be organising some events. We'll be getting out and seeing lots of customers and that sort of thing. And yeah, I suppose sharing the love of location intelligence and that sort of thing and, and what Cardo has to offer in that space. And then internally, I think it means for us, we're going to be even more aligned with the Cardo team, getting access to things like the product roadmap, talking to really all across the Cardo team, talking to them and yeah, making sure that we know where the product's heading. Uh, and then we can sort of use that to inform customers and that sort of thing. So yeah, I suppose yeah, there's a few really only benefits for the customers around the region and, and yeah, future projects and that sort of thing. Absolutely. And we're really excited about the, the master agreement as well. I think it's really beneficial that they'll be able to get the best of the Carto product alongside the local market knowledge that you guys have in the Lively team. And yeah, this close collaboration with our product team, like as you've seen, we're already responding to the needs to integrate with other types of technology that you guys are using, like Google, etc. And here's to more of that. I think um, we've got exciting stuff coming in the next six months. Definitely exciting times for everyone involved. So we've probably got some people listening to the episode who maybe haven't had a play around with Cardo before or maybe don't know where to get started. Flo, what kind of resources can people get started with if they were interested in using Cardo? So if you actually go for a free trial on our website, so just go to Cardo.com, you can try it out there. And if you want to see anything about some of the different data sets that we have available, you can check that out on our Location Data Streams page. But yeah, I mean, if you have any questions about your trial or any questions about how this might work for you in the Australian market, then feel free to drop us an email to either the Lively team or us, and we'd love to have a chat about how Carto might help your business. Following on from what Flo said, um, in terms of Cardo, that, that I really recommend the free trial. It gives you a chance to get hands-on with technology and really makes it much easier, makes sense to people when they start actually playing around with it. And then, yeah, I suppose in terms of Google Cloud, if people are looking to give that a go and some of the BigQuery in integrations with Cardo, uh, there's, a, there's a $300 credit that Google offers, so you can sign up, set up an account. And then you can yeah, make use of those free credits. So that means you can have a play around with BigQuery um, and drawing in some of the public data that the Cardo have put up on BigQuery. So, yeah, that's probably a good place to start. I've actually got something I want to add in here, which I find really useful just being in the general realm of GIS and, and talking to people a lot. Something, a resource that I find really useful, and Flo, I'm not sure I've ever given you this feedback, is uh, the Cardo 5 um, newsletter that you guys send out um, just for, for general knowledge. So if there's anyone um, listening who would like, I guess, a, a good cross-section of GIS and location intelligence related content, we will be including the link to the subscription for the Cardo 5 newsletter. And I personally really recommend that as well. Uh, uh, Steve from our team prepares the Cardo 5 uh, with lots of passion every week, so he'll be so excited to be It's that. It's obvious, Flo, we can tell by the way it's put together and, and all the content's always super relevant, so big well done to Steve there. The but, highlight of my week, I think. <laughs> I know, you're, Dion's always forwarding it around 
around the place. So um, he's a multiplier for you guys. But guys, that's all we've got time for in today's episode. I'd really like to thank both Dion and Flo for, for joining us today. Um, if you want to know more about Cardo, Lively, solutions that the Cardo platform can offer you and some links to some of those resources that we just mentioned, just visit the podcast page on ngis.com.au for the links to everything that you need. And don't forget to subscribe to Location Matters on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. You've been listening to Location Matters, the podcast from NGIS, covering the world of mapping and location technology. To find more episodes or to read our blog, check out our website ngis.com.au